Thanks for listening to this OCRFM podcast. Head to ocrfm.org.au to find more great content and information about how to donate and support this community radio station. OCRFM wish to advise the following program may contain information and subjects that could be deemed controversial in nature. The aim of the show is to provide an opportunity for listeners to discuss issues in a non-confrontational, fact-based manner. Should you wish to join the conversation, please feel free to phone the station on 5232191. You're listening to From Paddocks to Pride on OCRFM with myself, Sarah. This segment aims to help provide a voice for the LGBTIQ plus community, or as I like to call it, the umbrella. Our aim is to ensure the community is supported and to reinforce that you should feel accepted as you are in the town you grew up in. While my views are not representative of the whole community, extensive research has been done to aim to be inclusive to everybody and spread awareness and progress people's viewpoints. News in our community. So for this week's news in our community, I'm actually going to focus on some stuff that's a bit more positive. There's some really negative stuff going around. So like there's a religious freedom rally, which is next weekend we could talk about. There's also what was happening with um, story time where there were drag queens doing their usual thing with story time in certain cities. And now there's been an incredible backlash, unfortunately. And there's other negative stories going around and I really kind of want to focus on something positive at the moment because I think that although it's very important to talk about those sorts of things, I kind of, I just want to be positive this week. So I'm going to talk a little bit about something exciting. Tamworth Country Music Festival has actually had an LGBT pride float as a part of um, Country Music Festival, which is so beautiful. And there's people in there that are actually queer, that are country music artists, which is really cool. And someone really famous, like Becky Cole, so she's dating a... Well, sorry, dating. I shouldn't say that. She's married. (laughs) She's married to a woman, and she's got some amazing songs. We'll have to play some on the show, actually, because I don't think... We've had much country music, mainly because I'm not the biggest fan of country music. But at the same time, it's really, there's some really amazing songs out there. Uh, Her wife, uh, Libby O'Donovan, um, they've been huge advocates for LGBT rights and everything. And that's been inspirational to a lot of people, including someone called Logan Hoswell, who came out as a lesbian and she's... And she's like an up-and-coming successful artist, I guess you'd say. It's really important to support these artists because being in the public eye and being able to be yourself, it can't be easy. It can't be easy because without even just being a part of the LGBTIQ plus community, you do receive a lot of negative feedback, like you receive a lot of hate and everything just for being in the public eye. 
Like you don't even have to do anything wrong or you don't even have to be a part of a minority to have a lot of comments aimed at you that are really awful because people just get on their high horse or get on like (laughs) keyboard warriors, get on their keyboard and just say some really vile things. So for people to be out in the open when it could negatively affect their careers, I think that's so important. And it's interesting reading this article. So Miss Hoswell, sorry, was saying that she was really, really impressed. She was really just amazed at the fact that when she did come out, the local music community had just been warm and welcoming. So it's really important to point out the fact that we have come a long way because even the president of the Tamworth Pride Committee, sorry, committee, Diane Harris, said that it was unlikely a pride float in Tamworth would have been accepted even a decade ago. I think that that's really important that we do have a bit to go still, but look at how far we've come. So this is just a really great story. It's beautiful, and I'll have to look more into country music artists and get some of them on the show. So when we're live to air, we actually play some music in our little breaks. So if you're listening to this as a podcast... Check out our live version. Check it out on six. Uh, sorry, on OCRFM ninety eight point three FM Colacan District or eighty eight point seven FM along the coast. Or if you're an international listener, or maybe you're somewhere that doesn't actually is not close by, not in the Colac area. Just head to www.ocrfm.org.au and stream it online. You're listening to From Paddocks to Pride on OCRFM with myself, Sarah, and guest presenter this week, Malibu Stacey. Hello. So this week we're going through and talking about the overall umbrella. So we're actually defining sexuality and gender and trying to make it a little bit more so everyone understands what we're talking about because a lot of people get some of the terms mixed up and it can be a little bit confusing. So first, I'll just mention, so Malibu Stacey is non-binary, so they use the pronouns they, them. Yeah, so I think it's also important before I delve too much into things that I use the word queer a lot. So you'll find that in a lot of these episodes, we'll use queer, and if you're an old listener, you already know that. (laughs) But this term was actually once used as a very threatening label for gender and sexuality diverse people. The name actually stemmed from English and Scottish, meaning something not straight. Uh, By the 1980s, the AIDS epidemic actually brought the issue of homophobia irrevocably to the fore, so that was not great. And one of the first groups to flip the meaning of queer and reclaim it were four gay men from ACT UP, So that's an organisation for gay men's health um, who name themselves Queer Nation. Now queer is not just an umbrella term for sexuality and gender diverse people. It's also a proclamation of um, fearless difference, a self-identifying commitment to counter culture. So do you ever use the word queer yourself? Absolutely. I find it a really good term for me to use personally when explaining not just my sexuality because I I am queer, I am pansexual, but especially when people aren't understanding of what pansexual means, which is meaning that 
I am attracted to people of all genders, whether they're male, female, non-binary, questioning any of that. I'm attracted to the people that I am attracted to. It's as simple as that. But I think queer as an umbrella term is just a bit more inclusive and a bit easier for the general public to understand if they haven't had as many experiences with the LGBTQIA plus community. So I like the word queer for myself. And if I'm talking to large crowds, and I am very understanding of especially the older people in our community who have had that used against them in some very horrific and horrible ways. But I do find that sometimes a bit easier to say the queer community or the rainbow community than having to sit and spell out LGBTQIA plus community every time. And for those that aren't, don't understand the entire lesbian, gay, bi, transgender, intersex, queer, asexual plus community, if they don't know the whole acronym, then they get a bit lost. So sometimes queer or rainbow community is a yeah. little bit easier. Yeah, and I say umbrella. Yeah. So I talk about us being in an umbrella together. Um, it's Yeah, you're right. There, a lot of people sometimes accidentally like stumble. I know it was quite funny when my mum tries to say the oh, acronym yes. and she puts like a P in there and like random yeah. letters. I'm like bless you for trying um but yeah that's why a lot of people like to use those words um and also I find that yeah sometimes people feel like they don't want to fit into a certain box and queer at least is a little bit more I guess not relaxed but but it's more open Yeah, yeah more open and you don't feel like you're so restrained in who you are which For a lot of people, that's what they want. Like, that's what they need. And especially younger kids, when they're still figuring out, how do I feel? Am I attracted to this one person? Am I attracted to that gender? Am I attracted to... Or or just figuring out their gender within themselves and knowing, well, I don't have a word for the way that I feel. So I'm saying queer, it's just a good umbrella term that kind of encompasses everything and just saying, I'm different and that's okay. And then sometimes people use the terms such as genderqueer or they'll use terms such as sexually queer. So it's really important to remember that gender and sexuality are quite different. So gender actually refers to social and cultural differences rather than biological ones. So within the umbrella, we've got gender diversity. So we've got people who identify as transgender, gender fluid. We also have... Um, gender questioning and gender queer people as as I've said Um, so it's really important to remember that these people don't actually owe anyone an explanation for who they are or how they feel and how they look like and that's unfortunate because sometimes people feel like they can ask questions that aren't always I guess the most appropriate Um, and First, I'll start with, so gender fluid are people who identify, who live between, above, behind, around gender. Some gender fluid people feel very masculine on some days. Some feel very feminine. Uh, Some live free from definition, sorry, entirely. Um, So it's something that's unique and natural to them. So what one person's fluidity isn't going to be the same as another's you'd probably be the best person to ask. How does, say, gender fluid and non-binary, how are they sort of different? So I see, from my experiences, gender fluid is very, like it says, fluid, and it's kind of a movement where some days you feel more feminine, some days you feel more masculine, and you can kind of shift along 
or across the gender spectrum. Mm-hmm. Um, I like to define it as a spectrum because it's a full rainbow of different types of genders within there. And it's not just that general one that you get when it's like blue through to purple <laughs> through to pink. And it's a full rainbow of genders and options mm. that you have for ways to express yourself. So gender fluid is kind of a shift between them, whereas non-binary is kind of a bit more static in, for me personally, I'm not a man and I'm not a woman. And I kind of sit just like two steps back from all of that, where I feel like, no, I'm comfortable without needing either of those labels. And my expression of my gender can shift a little bit between being a little bit more feminine some days or a little bit more masculine. But generally, I'm kind of just outside of either of those two binaries. Mm. Yeah, and I think, I know this is a weird thing to possibly bring up, but I think by having the pronouns they, them, um, having more non-binary people is really such a great thing because you think about it, like, if you're on a phone call to someone, as an example, sometimes people actually get misgendered that way quite a lot. Oh, absolutely. And it's like, what's wrong with using they, them? Like, you don't have to just use it for non-binary people. I think it's a good way to make sure that you're not... Yeah, because sometimes people have more feminine voices if they're yeah. a man or vice versa. And it's just, I think that they're good pronouns yeah. to be able to utilize. You don't have to feel like it's just a restrictive thing once yeah. again. And I don't like when people say things like, oh, and he or she, because I'm like, well, you can just say they and save yourself some time. Mm. It's a very simple way to just include everybody. And then you're not messing it up by accidentally using he when you're talking about a woman and all things like that there's yeah. a lot of great gender neutral language that's really easy and simple to use and it just makes life a little bit easier because you don't have to overthink it all yeah and it's yeah more inclusive i guess yeah. uh we'll talk a little bit i guess about your journey so how you came to identify as non-binary because it's not as if you just go I'm non-binary like obviously it took some development and you grew as a person and yeah do you want to talk a little bit about that yeah absolutely so I started identifying as non-binary probably when I was around 18 I'd say but oh probably maybe 17 18 I know I remember it being about the last years of my high school journey but that was honestly just a fact of I was scrolling through tumblr one day And I was following a bunch of LGBT pages and saw something talking about non-binary and I was just reading through it like, oh yeah, yeah, okay, ah, oh, okay, that's the word for this thing that I've felt my entire life, but I just haven't known a way to describe it to people that made sense. And it was just this massive light bulb moment. I was like, oh great, I have a word now. That's good to know. Because at the time I was identifying as a lesbian and Up until I was probably 11, I had no idea what a lesbian was. I heard kids use the word gay in a very derogatory manner on the school playground, but I hadn't consciously met someone that was gay where I had an actual understanding of what a gay relationship was. And, you know, as soon as I learned what gay was, I was like, oh, okay, that makes sense. And then once I understood that, you know, there's the same thing for women, but it's called being a lesbian, I was like, oh, okay, well, that's that's me. It just like put the puzzle pieces together. So I kind of, I'd always had a feeling that I wasn't, I was assigned a female at birth and I kind of always knew that there was something not quite right with that for me. It just didn't sit well. I didn't, 
I looked at like the gender roles that were being shown to me for what a woman was and what a woman did. And I was like, but that, none of that's me. And I thought maybe I was just a bit of a radical feminist. And I was like, no, we're going to not do that. And I want a job and no husband. And then the no husband part made was uh, made very clear once I started looking and dating at women, dating um, women. And I thought about the rest of it and I was like, well, no, I don't think it's a fact of like the gender role for female doesn't fit me personally. It's just that the whole gender doesn't fit me and it's not how I feel when I think about my relationship with gender and yeah it's just a matter of finding the word and it all just kind of clicked into place from there yeah I think that that's that's a really great story to be honest um that you were able to find out who you were and everything and then feel comfortable in yourself because that's something that we really try and reinforce that you shouldn't obviously if it's safe to do so but you should be able to be yourself yeah sort of thing if it's safe to and that sort of thing and do you want to perhaps I guess you've already talked a little bit about what non-binary means to you um Mm. how do you feel about um gen sorry gender as a whole because when I talk about gender I guess it's like I see it as a social construct. Yep. I guess. And if anyone saw our social media page, I put up that little meme about um, (laughs) gender actually being a way to sell more bathrooms. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. So do you feel like it's a bit of a social construct? Yeah, I believe so. I feel like gender is something that's Well, if you look at all of the men in the world and the the way that they express their gender, it's all going to be very different and there's not going to be two men or two women when you compare them that are going to express their gender in the exact same way. I feel like gender is something very personal to you and the way that we view it in society is kind of grouping different people together based on a series of factors. But I think it's just, I think that's a really hard thing to do. Mm. And gender is such a personal thing, and especially to me, the way that I feel as a non-binary person is probably not the same way that every other non-binary person is going to feel. I know there are a lot of non-binary people who use they, them, or she, or he pronouns because they're not too fussed about it, or they're Mm. happy to kind of use all of them. But for me personally, I just prefer they, them. And yeah, I think it's a very... It's a very interesting thing to kind of look at in the way that society looks at a person and says, great, we're using all these words to describe you now just based off your look but not necessarily talking to you. Because some people just do that and you look at someone and you're like, oh, yeah, he's handsome and you don't actually consider, does he want me to call him that? Do they want to be referred to as they? It's just, yeah, it's a very interesting thing to kind of sit and look at once you've taken a couple steps back and you're like, oh, no, this is is an odd thing. Mm. And especially when you put gender roles into that, and we're like, great, we've got this beautiful, healthy baby. Now let's only let it touch blue things and trucks <laughs> and footballs until it tells us otherwise. And I'm just like, okay. And yeah. that's why I don't like gender reveal parties. Yes. Oh, my God. Because <laughs> you're putting them into that straight away. Yeah. And it's just, I, myself, I find it very restricting because, like, growing up as a kid, I liked doing stuff that I guess was more masculine yeah and it took me a long time to feel comfortable like wearing makeup and stuff and doing more feminine things like wearing dresses um I did a little bit as a kid 
but I think I was forced to sometimes. Like yeah. it was like, oh, you're going out, like, and sort of thing. And it wasn't something that I was terribly comfortable with. Um, but I guess as I've gotten older, I've felt more comfortable being able to actually express who I am yeah. and being able to dress, you know, I don't have to dress for society. I dress for myself Yeah, and not feeling so restrictive. It's actually really quite great how many more as well, like um, clothing labels are bringing out more androgynous clothing yeah. or they're bringing out like more feminine clothing for men or they're yeah. bringing out more masculine clothing for women and that sort of thing. And we're getting a little bit, I think it's great. I think it's fantastic. It's an incredible thing to see. And just especially when it comes to like bigger brands being okay mm. with helping to um, kind of push for this change it's a really inspiring thing to see and it's great to see so many amazing fabulous people being able to be confident and walk out on the street the way that they feel most Mm -hmm. comfortable because that was a thing that was um you know you used to be able you used to have to go out wearing at least two pieces of clothing assigned to your gender at any Uh, time yeah or you could be charged yeah and that was just something that would happen all the time is especially when you speak about trans women trans mm, men and yeah. um different kinds of showgirls and performers you'd go to work or you'd go out with your friends and the police would walk in and suddenly they're checking to see if you're wearing boxes and men's socks under your dress and mm. that's such a ridiculous thing for me to think about because i have been lucky enough to live in a world where it's been okay for me to wear pants that's never been an issue. Yeah. And I've got f- friends that were assigned male at birth that get to walk out and wear a dress and look super, super cute. And I love mm. it for them. But, you know, so many people back in, um, especially around like 80s and previous to that, it was a, an offense that you could actually go to jail for and you can get in a lot of trouble for. And mm. it was a horrible, horrible, horrible time for a lot of these people. And I'm just very lucky to live in this world where they were strong enough to stand up and fight for the rights to be able to wear what they wanted. And now we're lucky enough to benefit from that. Yeah, for sure. I realized that before I use the word um, androgynous, and I should actually point out so androgyny is the combination of masculine and feminine characteristics. So it's usually used to describe characters or people who have no specific gender. There's a bit of gender ambiguity. It could be in terms of fashion, gender identity. Sex is generally divided into, people say two categories, which is really restrictive. It's on the basis of reproductive organs, so and physical and biological sex. And... I say that it's really restrictive in the sense that by saying there's only two categories, it completely dismisses people that are intersex, for instance. And coming from a scientific background, there's there's a lot of diversity when it comes to um, physical and biological sex. By having those two, it's kind of like you're giving people boxes yeah well that's what we're doing you check the m box or you check the f box but they don't actually ask if there's another box that you want to put on there Mm. because there's so many different options like and there's so many different ways even even if we're just looking at humans in the way that our chromosomes work because there's so many different ways of your chromosomes maybe a certain way but if you have a mutation on a specific gene that can change the way that um, they're called androgens and they're the hormones that have to do with producing like things like testosterone estrogen pregnancy was it progesterone that one it has a way to affect the, the way that you produce 
uh, all of those hormones and then that can affect the way that your body develops and presents and it's things like that that you know you never know when you have this beautiful little baby popped into your arms and the boxes ticked and you actually have no idea what their biological uh, sex is regardless mm. of the gender that they identify with so it's a lot broader than just XX or XY chromosomes. Yeah, exactly. And because there are, yeah, mutations, that sort of thing. And yeah, people do have differences with how they express their genes. And that's a huge issue that I'm, I've learnt since starting this show that I've learnt a lot more about. I've learnt just how diverse... Um, sex is and how there's a lot of issues in regards to non-consensual surgeries yeah so a lot of kids when they're younger there's these two boxes it's this box or that box some of the stories have been really horrific that i've read how okay but they're they have more male characteristics so we have to get rid of the female characteristics then they've grown up and gone I don't feel right, what's wrong with me, blah, blah, blah. And they've seen doctors and then found out it's because they had a surgery and that's not how they feel. And especially when you're taking that right over their bodily autonomy away from the Mm. child before they even have an understanding of what's happening. And especially if they're living in a more sheltered community where they don't have access to things like learning about, you know, options for intersex people if they don't even know what the word intersex means Mm. and they don't understand who they are and they don't have any ability to make those choices, you're just defining someone else's future for them and I don't think that's fair at all. So now I guess it's we'll move along and we'll talk a little bit about sexuality. So sexuality is in regards to a person's orientation. When I've looked up the notes of the terms that I used in the first series it's really quite interesting because a lot of um the time it was regarded as a preference so a sexual preference okay yeah and I don't know I hate using the word preference because it's like oh you you have a choice no it's just kind of this is it this is what I'm attracted to yeah you have a choice to ignore it Mm. you have a choice to lie to both yourself and to those around you that is a choice but Mm. loving the people you love there's not much of a choice in that yeah so that's why i prefer the terminology i guess a person's orientation so a lot of words we generally use are like heterosexual and homosexual um so heterosexual being that you're attracted to the opposite sex whereas homosexual is the same um, there's also other terms such as, so when you look at homosexual, you've also got various ones. So lesbian, gay, we've got bisexual, we've got pansexual. Uh, demisexual. Yeah. I have friends that are demisexual, meaning they need to have a like a romantic attraction to the person before they feel anything sexual. There's people mm. that are asexual, mm. meaning they have know or at least very little sexual attraction towards people uh there's a full spectrum out there of sexuality just as there is one for gender and i think it's it's a really beautiful thing to look at all the different ways that we find people falling in love yeah and some people fall in love with multiple people so we have like polyamory and then some people are polygamous and there's so many terms (laughs) Um, but once you sort of 
I guess once you're in the community, I guess you sort of start to understand what everything is. But if you're an outsider, I guess, if you're a straight ally and you're listening to this, thank you for listening. Thank you. um, Gain um, more of an understanding. Yeah, it can be hard, but you'll get there. Yeah. I guess it's just really important to just be respectful and of keep everyone. an open mind. Yeah. I think that's the biggest thing. And thank you for coming and listening to this with an open mind and with a with a willingness to educate yourself. Mm. Because I think that's a fan a fantastic thing for people to do is to actually show an interest and say, I want to learn about something that I'm not really sure on. Mm. I don't really know much about it, but I want to at least try. And I think that's fantastic. Yeah. Do you want to maybe perhaps tell us a little bit about your journey in terms of your sexuality? Yeah, absolutely. I know you've talked a little bit about that. Yeah. Um, It was a bit of a journey. I, again, like I said, I didn't really know what gay meant other than something that the boys in the school playground would yell at at each other in some kind of derogatory manner. And I just knew that, okay, well, they're saying that in a bad way doesn't mean it's a bad word they were just saying it in a negative connotation and it wasn't until I kind of got to probably go five or six and I met an uncle that I hadn't really ever met before and I remember there being a conversation in the car with my mom and her sister my aunt um and I just said does uncle Stephen have a girlfriend and the car just went really quiet and they were like no and I was like does he have a wife and they're like no he had a boyfriend I was like oh they're not together anymore and they're like no and I was like great that's all I needed to know that was it and then they were just like no he's he's gay and I was like okay cool that's it that's the end of this conversation that's all I really cared about was is he dating someone wonderful do I get to meet them but um once I kind of had that conversation it kind of opened my world a little bit and I was like okay well this is a thing that boys can date boys well can girls date girls and yes that's what a lesbian is fantastic And then I kind of hit high school and I went to a school that was mostly women. It was, we had a few trans students and stuff like that, but it was mostly a a, um, school for females. And I was kind of just not interested in the boys on the school bus at all. And I was very lucky to kind of get to date a few very beautiful, wonderful women that made me feel very safe and okay and really helped me in coming out and that was a really amazing incredible big step for me to kind of um be able to talk about my sexuality very openly with surrounded by supportive people and I was very grateful for that and um then you know coming out to the family which can always be a little bit difficult but you know it's a I understand their point of view a lot better now that I'm a bit older than I did when I was 14 and trying to say that you know I've got a girlfriend and we're gonna go and be in love forever and that was a bit I I understand why they're a bit shocked for 14 year old me to be saying all of that it you know the drop of a hat one day and then yeah I identified as a lesbian for about seven years dating on and off nothing very serious and then I started thinking about sexuality in a broader sense and I was like okay I'm I'm open to things I'm if someone comes along, fantastic. And, you know, I, I wasn't on Tinder or any of that stuff because it was just too hard. And I was like, okay, well, if I meet the right person, fantastic. And then I was very, very lucky to meet my fantastic partner who is a cis male. And that was kind of a whole new step for me and being like, ah, oh, okay, 
I've just learned a new fact about myself that sometimes I do like boys as well as liking girls. And, uh, you know, I've also dated some um, non-binary people and some trans women, some trans men. I just, the more that I was kind of dating people and getting involved in the community and I was meeting people that identified different ways, I was like, oh, but you're cute and I like you. And I just, I didn't feel the need to ever, once I started dating other people, I was like, okay, lesbians out the window. Queer is a good term for me because it's all inclusive of all the different types of people and their genders and being inclusive of that and respectful of that. Do you want to let, talk a little bit about an unexpected story of acceptance? Do you have like a... Oh, I've got a few. I'm I'm very lucky enough. I work for Piano Bar and I'm mostly based out of the Geelong venue. And I try and be really open about who I am and I'm very lucky that you know management and all the staff there have been great with the pronouns and with my uh, my name change and everyone just calls me Malibu all the time and always has and I'm incredibly grateful for all of their support but being in a business such as Piano Bars put me in a really great space to help educate people who may not have had a a whole heap of experience Mm. with the LGBTQIA plus community so I've got a very lovely little they, them enamel pronoun badge that I try and wear to work as often as I can. Um, And then when people ask about it, I can kind of take a minute to explain to them, well, I'm non-binary. I use gender neutral pronouns. These are an option that you can use for people. When I'm in drag on a Sunday night or on a Thursday for Got Talent, I try and and have as much interaction with patrons as I can while still doing my job. And I had a very lovely woman come up to me one day and she's like, excuse me, do you mind if, can I ask you some questions? And I was like, okay, absolutely, I'm open to it. But I can, sometimes people come up and they're just like, what are you? <laughs> and I'm like, okay, I'm non-binary, here's the thing. And they're like, okay, but but down there, what do you have? And I, my general response to that is, <laughs> well, honey, unless you're trying to sleep with me, you don't need to know or, you know. Yeah, yeah. And, and honestly, that's no one's business. I don't, mm. wouldn't walk up to anyone on the street and just ask, like, what, is, what do you have? Because it's a bit, bit creepy. Very it's a bit, creepy. Bit weird. I don't like that. That that's how we deal with like babies. Like, oh, yeah. is, is it a boy or a girl? Do, do I really need to tell you about my child's genitals right now? Like, yes. stop, please. Yeah. I don't think they know yet. <laughs> um, but I had this lovely woman come up to me, and she was like, "Can I ask how whether you're?" And she just looked a bit confused, and I was like, "I'm non-binary," which means I'm not a boy or a girl. She's like, "My son's just come out." And he's he's going to be a boy soon. And I just, I don't know how to look after him and what I should be doing as a good parent. Can you help? And I was just so taken back for a second. I just was like, this is beautiful. You're sitting here telling me about your, your trans son who's just come out to you. And you're just, you've come in with some friends tonight and you're just looking for someone that looks like they would know what, what advice to give you. And I just took her hand and we went and sat out the front. And she was very opening to listening to what I had to say about uh, the trans community, what I had to say about my experiences with gender and how I went with coming out. And she asked all the right questions in a pretty respectful manner for someone that was just being kind of thrown into the community Mm. because she's found out that her child is actually a son and She's trying to learn as much as she can, as quickly as she can, so that she can be the best parent possible. And it was honestly one of the most beautiful conversations I've ever had with anyone because she was just so, she started taking notes down when I was mentioning places and, you know, these are some good resources and, um, you know, uh, the GASP, which is the Geelong Adolescent Sexuality Program, they run a, uh, like a social club kind of for Mm. young 
trans and gender diverse and sexually diverse children and just so they have someone that they can talk to and you know mm. she was taking down and I could see her writing notes and you know googling things and it was just such a beautiful thing that came out of nowhere and I was just waiting for someone to ask me what genitals I had and I was like okay we're doing this again oh Ah, okay, fantastic. So. Yeah, that is such that is a wholesome story. Yeah, I absolutely love that. That's beautiful. really great. I try and be as open and honest with my experiences as I can. I try and do, you know, I'll do occasional Instagram lives where I'm happy to just answer anyone's mm. questions. I did a Facebook one that I kind of went through explaining what non-binary is and how that affects me and day to day and it doesn't really affect anything. It just affects like the way I want people to use language around me to make me feel more comfortable. Um, and there is some negative stuff. Like I deal with a bit of dysphoria, which is to do with um, feeling a bit disconnected from your body. Cause when you look at it in a mirror, it's not the way that you feel it should look, but you know, there's stuff like that, which is hard to deal with some days, but overall mm. it's, a, it's I'm, I'm very, very happy and I guess that's the main point is being happy and being able to express yourself openly and honestly with the people around you. Yeah. Did you want to give a little bit more information about your drag performances perhaps? Yeah. So I am Malibu Stacey. I mostly work out of Piano Barge Long, but I do um, a lot of different uh, gigs here and there for functions and charity events and stuff like that. But I got interested in drag when I was probably 17 and I started watching RuPaul's Drag Race, which was kind of my first step. And I was like, okay, this looks cool. I like this. And then, you know, it just kind of exploded from there and I was finding as much stuff that I could watch as possible. I turned 18 and I started going out to the Greyhound Hotel to see all the local drag queens Mm. and specifically Art Simone, who was just like (laughs) absolute idol. I just, I watched her and what she was doing. I just thought she was the coolest person on the planet. I remember having a conversation one night with her and I just walked up. I was like, you look amazing. Like, you're so beautiful. I wish I could do what you do. And she just looked at me and she said, well, why don't you? makeup Mm. and a wig and some lashes like you can do it and I was just like oh oh great I'm gonna do that then (laughs) and that's kind of how Malibu Stacey was born Mm. and um funnily enough I stole my name uh so not everyone thinks I'm going into a Simpsons reference which it is I'll be very clear Mm. Malibu Stacey my drag name is a direct reference from the Simpsons which I absolutely love but Malibu Stacey was also my uncle's drag name 20 years ago when he used to go to the Greyhound Hotel and I was like well I can't really not use that and then uh my drag mum Lexi who's uh a wonderful wonderful person and um she's not actually a drag queen but she kind of took me under her wing and kind of looked after me and kind of mothered me a a whole heap when I was in my kind of late teens early 20s and you know still now she's an amazing mum and her favorite go-to drink was a Malibu Diet Coke and I was like well it's kind of a nice connection between you know something that I've loved my entire childhood being the Simpsons and my biological family being my uncle and then my drag family being my mum Lexi so that's kind of how drag started for me I've been doing it probably four or five years probably four years now and I've been working at Piano Bar doing drag every Sunday for Pitch Please in the last almost three years and you know DJing Mm. I stage manage I'm a production coordinator I do lots of lots of fun little things but drag's been really great for me and being able to kind of have an outlet where I can kind of be hyper feminine in my drag and wear pink and um, big hair and lots and lots of makeup and then once I kind of step out of all of that I was like okay 
well, I've kind of done the artsy, super feminine thing now. I can kind of explore more androgynous aspects of myself without without feeling like I kind of had to put on makeup or, Mm. you know, me kind of putting on makeup. That was my artistic expression done. And then I could kind of sit back and be like, okay, well, how do I want to express myself right now, Mm. expressing my gender and not really expressing a character right now? So Mm. that was really helpful in me kind of learning how I wanted to be expressive of lots of different things because drag was kind of my outlet and my creative expression and I could do absolutely anything with it and as much pink and fun and, you know, Barbie-esque kind of stuff as I wanted. And then I could also sit back and be like, cool, well, I want to just feel a lot more authentically me now. Sure. So you mentioned Art Simone being a little bit of a role model. So, Absolutely. So that's your, would you say that's your gay idol role Absolutely. Yeah. She's going to hate me saying that. But she absolutely is. She's, an, she's a wonderful, wonderful person. I'm really mm. lucky that I got to know her. Obviously, Art Simone does performances here in Geelong. And I guess Geelong, in terms of visibility, it's really sort of ramped up the last few Absolutely. years which is fantastic do you want to perhaps talk a little bit about the differences you've noticed in Geelong in terms of visibility and acceptance well I was really lucky I actually went to a school called Matthew Flinders which is like I've said an all-girls school I was really lucky to go there out of all places because I know friends who dealt with some really pretty severe homophobia in different other schools which I won't name but um at Matthew Flinders I remember a friend of mine came out one day and her best friend just did not get it was being so horrible and so mean and you know this person's just come out and so the entire school has been supportive of this young queer person being like that come with us and wouldn't talk to the homophobic girl Mm. and the homophobic girl was kind of just like so taken back that well no 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 this but I don't get it and no that's wrong and we're all like no 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 she's our friend now what she's doing she's coming out to you and being honest and being Mm. true that's the right thing and Mm. that was so the opposite of what I kind of had expected to happen because I was seeing all these other friends at other schools having problems but Mm. you know I had a fantastic experience there with um girls being able to be open and honest with each other and I thought that was fantastic and then once I hit 18, I started going out to, funnily enough, the building just opposite Piano Bar, the Carlton Hotel, which is ah. now part of the NDIS building. Yeah. I used to go to shows there to see drag and it would be, you know, uh, who was it? It was Barbara Quicksand, Vera Jay, Swish Everetti, and a couple of other queens. Um, and it would be held on like this little makeshift stage and there'd probably be me, five or six of my friends, and then maybe like three or four other people on a Saturday night really? for a drag show that was like, from memory, free entry. I don't think it was ever paid entry or maybe like wow. $5, $10. And I just remember it being like they started off kind of strong and then they tried to expand and then it just kind of didn't work. And then I think the last one, there was still very few people mm. there, but they went, yeah, it was a Saturday night and they started monthly and that was okay. And then they tried to go fortnightly and that's when it started slipping and then Mm. they ended up closing down because they just couldn't get the people in on a Saturday night with the drag show but you know not long after that piano bar opened and I was just so excited to see a drag night that was doing well back when it was in the Mm. little bar with like a 50 people capacity Mm. and you know now piano bar Geelong has 
drag bingo on a Wednesday. I run Piano Bass Got Talent you know, while, in a, while I'm in um, full drag every second Thursday. And then we have Sundays with drag. And now we've gone down to Colac to take down a monthly drag show and a monthly bingo. Mm. And trivia. There's trivia range along every, the once a month and then trivia in Colac once a month. And now we're going to Ballarat and to Bendigo. And it's so incredible for me to see Geelong accepting drag and accepting LGBTQIA plus events so strongly. Mm. Um, And we've got um, Geelong Rainbow Pride coming up very, very shortly, which is amazing because it's only in its, what, second or third? Third year running. Yeah. So it's a third year running. And before that, it was kind of nothing. And, you know, I started going out to clubs in Melbourne and I would be driving up in traffic on a Friday night to go out to drive back home to stay, to go back up on Saturday, to come back home on very early on a Sunday morning. Mm. And But that was the only way that I could find to connect with my community mm. because I just there wasn't a hub in Geelong for queer people to kind of get together and... Mm meet so it's really nice to be able to stay in Geelong and have a hub and Mm. have different places where we can go and meet up and you know I think the Geelong community for the LGBTQIA plus people is pretty close-knit and we all know each other or you know you know my friend from this group because I know them and we saw each other at this event then and yeah yeah I think it's a fantastic thing that we have such a strong sense of community in the queer Geelong community now it is fantastic do you perhaps have a word of advice for others? Ah, oh. educate yourself as much as possible. Mm. I think that's been the thing that's been really helpful for me in just being like, okay, I don't understand this word, so I'm going to Google it. I'm going to, and especially finding good resources. Um, I always found a lot of help with minus eighteen. They've got some mm. great resources yes. that are really simple and educational. Mm-hmm. Um. And especially if you're a young queer kid, they run like same-sex formals and a lot of events for uh, sexually and gender diverse people Mm. under 25 where you can go and meet people like you. And I think that's the thing that's incredibly important in connecting with your community to learn more and to help you grow. Um, And especially for parents who have got children coming out and if they don't understand what their child's saying, that minus 18 is a great place to go and kind of educate yourself and learn more about what you can do to support your children um i used to read a lot of things from the star observer and from you know uh, queer publications like that just to kind of know that i was getting the right information because there's a lot of horrible people on the internet spreading Mm. a lot of rumors and lies and a lot of fake news out there yeah um but i think educating yourself with the right resources is a fantastic thing to do because i learned a lot about myself just by reading things on the internet and figuring oh oh there's a word for that Mm. there's a word for the way that I felt about myself my entire life but haven't known how to explain to other people so yeah educating yourself is such a powerful tool so if you listened in last week you would have realized that we've changed up our podcast a little bit so now we're actually doing a little bit of a trivia a trivia time so it's usually pretty fun uh for this week it's been quite hard to find something surrounding sexuality and gender so i tried as hard as i could um so this trivia is is this celebrity gay straight or bi 
So hopefully this is fun. (laughs) Okay, so Jude Law. Oh, I don't know. I know I've seen him in a lot of films, but I don't really... He's not someone that I've paid a lot of attention to. Look, if I generally don't know if someone's interested in any... Whether they're interested in men or women or non-binary people or something, I just assume everyone's, like queer until proven otherwise so i'm just gonna say bye i like that way of going with it oh straight okay well i feel like if i don't know about him then that's probably the case i feel like it's better to assume that because mostly i just want to hit on people and just give it every chance (laughs) i've got i have a partner now so not anymore but i used to just hit on everyone and see how will this go What about Angelina Jolie? Oh, I know for a fact she is bi because I am absolutely in love with her. Mm -hmm. And I was actually having this conversation with someone this morning about, like, my best friend and I, Jay, we just don't understand people that aren't interested in Angelina Jolie. She is such a babe. Like, 10-year-old me watching Mr. and Mrs. Smith. Mm. Oh, yeah. Oh, my heart. What about Tomb Raider? Yes. Yeah. That's what most people... Yeah. Yeah. Well, I I feel like I watched that, like, ages after I saw Mr. and Mrs. Smith and just, oh, she's beautiful. It was that weird thing of eight-year-old or ten-year-old me or whenever it came out in 06 or something, me being like, do I want to be her or do I like her? And I was like, no, absolutely, (laughs) I both. We're going with both now. Yeah. What about Billy Joe Armstrong from Mm, Green Green Day? Day? Yeah. I'm going to vote bye again. Yes. Yeah, two in a row for me. Go mm. team. Um, Jake Gyllenhaal. I think he's straight. He's beautiful. Yeah. Yeah. Yep, straight. Drew Barrymore. Another one. I am pretty sure she's bi. Pretty sure. Yeah. 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 <laughs> oh, she's beautiful too. Who is that? Trey Pearson. Uh, Christian ooh, Rock. Christian there. Rock. Okay. Everyday I'm- Sunday. I actually think I've heard of them. I don't know why, but that name rings a bell. So I'm going to vote gay then. Mm. Yes. yes. Good job. Charlie Carver. So he's an actor, Desperate Housewives, okay. Teen Wolf. Okay. Again, I'm going to vote bi. That's going to just be my default. Gay. Okay. Good yeah. job, babe. Beautiful. Colton Haynes. I know I know his name. Again, Teen, Teen Wolf. Wolf. But I don't watch that. I don't watch either of those. I'm going to vote by as my default. Gay. Okay, good job. So, I am proud of this. Look, I'm so half, teen, I'm like some percentage has... right. It's not half right, but I'm... I'm... A few gay men in it. Okay. Maybe cool. I'm going to watch this. Cynthia Nixon? Sex in yeah. the City. Gay. Uh, gay. Very sure she's gay. Okay, bye. I was... Yeah. I just know because I saw her and I was just like, I love you. <laughs> Crispin Glover. Mm, I don't know his name. So, Back to the Future, Charlie's Angels. Charlie's Angels. Is that the new one then? I hope so. Yeah, okay. I still haven't seen it though. Me either. Uh, Christian Stewart though. It's babe. like, yeah, that's what I mean. Like it's yeah. on the list of things to see and I still haven't seen it. Yeah. I'm going to go bye. Bye straight. Okay, that's fair. Uh, Stephen Graham. I don't think I've ever heard of him. No, no offense if he's listening, because he's um, definitely what he's <laughs> going to listen to. Board, um, Boardwalk Empire. Okay, we're going to go. I don't know. That's the thing. You can't tell from looking at someone. I'm mm. just racking my brain. Like, have I heard a mention of you? 
mm. by my queer friends fangirling over you <laughs> yeah. or in some kind of interesting news article talking about something cool you're doing. Mm. I want to vote by just... Yeah. Straight. Okay. Understandable why I haven't heard of you then. Summer Clay. She's an actress. Science fiction... Oh, Sarah Connor Chronicles, Firefly and Serenity. I am, oh, I'm going to yeah, say gay. I'm going to say gay. Straight. Okay. okay. I wasn't expecting that. But then again, <laughs> with this quiz, we're just going off what's public knowledge. Yes. I can be hopeful. Mm. Oh, David Bowie. Bowie. Was he gay or bi? He had a wife, didn't he? Mm. I Whatever David Bowie is, I want to be that. He's fantastic. Mm. Mostly. And I like how he yeah, sort of pushed boundaries and everything in terms of mm. the way they dressed and everything. Yeah. I'm going to say they because yeah. how do you know? Yeah, exactly. Because how do you know that they didn't actually feel like that they were non-binary? Or... And maybe they didn't know a word for it. Yeah. That was, that was the experience for me where I look at these people and I'm like, I feel like you and I are closer in, exp- closer in the way that we've experienced gender than certain other people. Mm. Maybe not the same, but somewhere in the, you know, that corner of the universe. Yeah. I feel like gay, but it could be bi. Bi. Yeah. Beautiful. Gillian Michaels. She's the fitness babe, but she... Oh, this is where my mum's love of, like, trashy TV comes in. So I know that um, Gillian was hooking up with the commando Mm. from Biggest Loser or something. So I think I want to say straight here, but she could be bi. Bi. Oh, great job. I say it as if it's congratulatory, but, like, thank you for being (laughs) open is what I'm getting at. Thank you for being present in the community and coming out when you're in the public eye so much, which can make it a bit harder. Megan Fox. Oh, Oh my God. Bi. Absolutely. I know Mm -hmm. that as a fact. Mm -hmm. Teenage me was very excited to learn that. Michael Fassbender. Fassbender. Something like that. Spartan Warrior in the movie 300. Whenever I think of that, I just think about, you know, back in the day with, was it the Greeks or the Romans or something, and everyone was just having massive orgies. So I'm going to vote by. I was going to say both. Yeah. <laughs> oh, he's straight. Okay. Well, okay. I'll learn to live with oh, it. Oh, Wentworth Miller. What do we think about him? Um, I'm going to vote by. Gay. Okay, fantastic. Mm. Part of the community. I just remember him because mum used to watch a lot of Prison Break. Yeah. And I'm pretty sure that was one of those shows that just kept going. Yes. There's a few that just never stop. Mm. I'm in my 13th season of uh, Grey's Anatomy at the moment because I was like, great, I know there is lesbians. I want to watch this. I am fine with that not stopping. (laughs) Yeah, yeah. I'm up to now. I'm now at season 13. I feel like... I had to watch five seasons before I got to any gay. Just for reference, if anyone wants to skip forward to season five, that's a good place to start. Um, I know the first five seasons are bad, but I was there because I was like, I know there's lesbians. I want to watch this. I'll support queer media. And then I got to a point and I'm like, I've just watched a lot of this very quickly. (laughs) Zachary Quinto. Quinto. Oh, he was in Horror Story, American Horror Story, wasn't he? Because I remember thinking he's beautiful. Yes, I'm going to vote by and just oh, gay. gay. Okay, okay. Ameri- that's something to really point out. American Horror Story has really good, has a lot of queer actors, actors. in it yeah. and queer characters. Yeah. And I'm like, oh, maybe that's why I like Oh, Neil Patrick Harris. Gay. Come on. <laughs> I love him. Oh, him and his husband and their kids. They're Halloween mm. costumes every oh. year. Oh, absolute Amazing. icons. Okay, well, that was very interesting. I need to pay attention to more, well, more gay media and actually learn the names of some of these straight actors. 
Yeah. I feel as soon as an artist, as any, as soon as anyone in like the the music world, the movies, TV, all of that, as soon as they come out, I'm like, great, I want to support what you're doing and watch whatever you're in. It's that time of the show where we actually announce events in our community. So Malibu was talking a little bit about Geelong Rainbow Festival earlier on. So next weekend is actually the Geelong... Oh, sorry, not next weekend. Next week is the Geelong Rainbow Festival. So it's from the 4th to the 9th of February, which is so exciting. I'm so keen. This is going to be so much fun. Yeah, and I have some really exciting news if you haven't been following us and seeing what we're up to, on the actual March day, so the Sunday the 9th, they've got the March at 11am, and then following that, they've actually got the fair day. We're actually going to be yes, there. Yes, I'm so, so keen. From Paddock's Pride, we'll be there with a little trailer van thing, whatever you want to call it, for OCRFM. We'll be broadcasting live. We'll be able to do interviews and stuff like that. We'll be able to... Yeah, it'll just be, it'll be heaps of fun. It's going to be amazing. I'll have to pop over and see you. I'll be stage managing all yeah. of like the main stage events for the day. So I'll come and say hi. Yeah, it's, it, I'm really looking forward to it. Kind Losing of nervous, to. but looking forward to it at the same time. So I hope we see heaps of faces there. Yes. It'll be really fantastic. So Malibu, you talked a little bit about how you put stuff on your stories on Instagram, Facebook, that sort of thing. Do you perhaps want to share for us how we can find you? Yeah, what are absolutely. Your uh, you can find me on Instagram at Malibu Stacy underscore. Um, and you can find me on Facebook. My name's just Malibu Stacy. I should be pretty easy to find. Um, you know, if you in the community for the Geelong queer events or if you're in Colac, we'll probably have mutual friends. So I won't be far off. Um, they're the two places to find me easiest and then flick me questions like if you have something that we've talked about today that you want to know more about or if you just want to have a chat about anything to do with being non-binary or anything to do with the lgbtqia plus community feel free to jump on instagram specifically flick me a message and we can have a chat it's super easy fantastic so i guess that's a wrap for this week's from paddocks to pride and Next week, we'll have Jade to talk a little bit about the L. In, so we're going through the acronym. So obviously, we're starting with L, um, which is for lesbian. So thanks for listening. And thank you so much, Malibu, for coming on board. Absolutely, and anytime. Helping us go through sexuality and gender and talking a lot about your story because it's really important. Absolutely, anytime. To hear that sort of stuff.